Hello, everyone. Whether you're uh, watching online or you're here in person, thank you for joining this morning. Uh, I hope you're ready to, to worship and to, to just uh, hear from God's word this morning. Uh, before we get into it, I'd like to, to read from Psalm 95. It says, Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come to him with thanksgiving. Let us sing psalms of praise to him. For the Lord is a great God, a great king above all gods. And so this morning, would we, would we just worship God? Would we praise him for who he is? Why don't you stand as we, as we go into worship? Give thanks to the Lord, our God and King. His love endures forever. He is good, He is above all things. His love endures forever. Sing praise, sing praise. With a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, His love endures forever. For the life that's been reborn, His love endures forever. Sing praise, sing praise, sing praise, sing praise. Forever God is faithful. Forever God is strong, forever God is with us, forever, forever. From the rising to the setting sun, His love endures forever, and by the grace of God we will carry on. His love endures forever. Sing praise. Sing praise. Sing praise. Sing praise. Forever God is faithful. Forever God is strong. Forever God is with us forever And forever God is faithful Forever God is strong Forever God is with us forever And ever and ever Sing praise, sing praise, sing praise, sing praise. And forever God is faithful, forever God is strong, forever God is with us forever. Forever God is faithful, forever God is strong, forever God is with us, forever and ever and ever. Great is your faithfulness, O God. You wrestle with the sinner's restless heart You lead us by still waters into mercy And nothing can keep us apart So remember your children Remember your children, remember your promise, oh God. Your grace is enough, your 
Your grace is enough. Your grace is enough for me. Great is your love and justice, God of Jacob. You use the weak to lead the strong. You lead us in the song of your salvation. And all your people sing along. So remember your people. Remember your children. Remember your promise, oh God. And your grace is enough. Your grace is enough. Your grace is enough for me. Your grace is enough. Your grace is enough. Your grace is enough for me. So remember your people. Remember your children remember your promise oh god your grace is enough your grace is enough your grace is enough for me your grace is enough heaven reaches out to us your grace is enough for me god i sing your grace is enough i'm covered in your love your grace is enough for me It is good to see you today. Why don't you turn to someone, welcome them to church, and then you can find your way to your seat this morning. You may be seated. Well, again, it is so nice to see you all here this morning. I just have a few quick announcements for you today. The first is, if you are new here, I want to say welcome. We are so happy you are here this morning. In the seat in front of you, you'll find a connection card that you can choose to fill out uh, submit to the information desk out front on your way out. You will receive a, f a free gift, but it also gives us the opportunity to come alongside you and help you however you need right now. So we would love to do that for you. So please feel free to fill out those connection cards and submit them after service. Again, at the information desk just outside uh, the f in the foyer. So we are officially wrapped up our youth uh, uh, events for the month of August. We are eagerly anticipating kickoff. We had a great day at Wonderland yesterday, uh, as you can tell by the massive sunburn that I have. Uh, it, was, it was a wonderful day. Uh, so we really enjoyed it. We love our students, and we, I just want to say thank you to all our leaders uh, for all their help and all that they poured into throughout the summer, not just uh, putting in a full day yesterday for our students. It was a great day. That being said, our kickoff for our students, so if you're online this morning or if you're here in person from grade 6 to grade 12, if you are a student, our kickoff is September 15th, and so we are looking forward to that. If you are a, a young adult, our kickoff is September 11th for our services for, our, for the fall season. If you are a parent of a student, what uh, me and my leaders have done, though, is we have looked ahead from September to all the way to next August, and we have youth every Thursday, but there are special events spread throughout the the, the year that we want to make known to you. So we have made a special events calendar that is on the information desk just outside, calendaring our month from, of special, or our special events from September all the way to next August. So that way, as parents, you know what's going to be happening in the year ahead. So please feel free to take one home uh, after service today. So that being said, I would like to invite the kids to head off to Kids Church. If you're JK to grade 5, it is time for you to go. Have a great kids service this morning. And ushers, I would like to invite you forward to collect our morning tithe and offering. And at this time as well, I'll pass it back over to Andrew and the team to lead us. God bless. Mm -hmm. 
anything less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. Your breath 
hearts will cry, these bones will sing. Great are you, Lord. And all the earth will shout your praise, our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. our praise be only for you, God. God, I pray that every part of our lives would be worship unto you, that our lives as a whole would be reflective of you. God, I pray for this morning. I pray that we'd be encouraged or challenged. I pray that we would leave here this morning closer to you. Thank you for the amazing privilege that it is to be gathered together in your presence. So again, I pray for every aspect of this morning. Would you be a part of every single aspect, God? In your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. And thank you, Andrew and worship team, for leading us this morning. At this time, uh, I'd like to invite up our guest speaker this morning, Esther Massey. Uh, Esther is a part of our congregation, and she's going to be talking to us this morning about her work with her organization, Open Hands Global. Uh, and so please join me in welcoming her this morning. Thank you, uh, Pastor Scott. Thank you, Pastor Shannon. Uh, for giving me this opportunity to share uh, our work in Pakistan. But before I do that, I thought we'll start with uh, reading the scriptures. Um, and we'll read from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, uh, verses 25 to 37. <clears throat> On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test G Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied, do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. 
They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, <clears throat> and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring, an oil, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his donkey and brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do like, likewise. So uh, the parable of the Good Samaritan, right? Um, everybody has read this parable. It's fairly easy to understand it. There's nothing uh, too complicated about it. But when I was thinking about it, I think when we actually apply that to our lives, it's not as simple as it appears. So, the parable talks about this man who had to go to Jericho, and when we think about these things, we actually sometimes in our real lives focus more on the incidents versus the response. So, what I mean by saying that is we focus on, well, this man was going to Jericho. He knew it was a pretty dangerous road to go on. How come he hadn't prepared for it? How come he hadn't, didn't have a strategy or some self-defense or a pepper spray with him or something to protect himself against anybody who could victimize him? And sometimes that's how we look at things when we see poverty and injustice. Sometimes our first response is we're offended at God. Oh my God, why, why do you let this happen in the world? Why are some people born so rich and some people so poor? We're offended that God is not doing anything about it. We're offended at the victims. We're offended that, you know, if they really had made better choices, they wouldn't be where they are, right? And if they, you know, if they weren't at the wrong place at the wrong time, this would not happen to them. They wouldn't be so poor. They're not working as hard as I am working. So that's, again, a response we want to give to some of this, these injustices. But that, and sometimes we even, of course, blame the perpetrator because that's obviously in our mind wrong when you do injustice to somebody. But... Really, that is not the point. That is not the point of the parable. The point of the parable is the response. When we see these things, how do we respond to them? And last um, week, Monica told a little, uh, spoke on um, being prepared, right, to be interrupted. So it's not, yes, interrupted because the man had to take a detour and he had to stop his journey, was willing to be interrupted, take him to the hospital. But there's an above and beyond response of just being interrupted, right? It's a response that includes our finances. It's a response that is not just a time, but a little bit more. So what I, I believe what God wants from us is not a sort of a religious response to things. It's not, yeah, I'm going to do a little bit. I would look good. People would think I'm a good Christian. But he's looking for a response from the core of your heart, something that is going to make you uncomfortable, something that might mean giving up a coffee every day. So sometimes we think that you, and I, I, when I'm just thinking about it, you know, when the Pharisees were watching Jesus, he came in, um, 
his disciples hadn't washed their hands before sitting down to dinner. You know, Jesus just completely changed the subject when they were grumbling amongst themselves. So among themselves. He said, it's what's in your heart. The greed in your heart is why you complain about these things. If you gave to the poor, then you would be clean from the inside and the outside. So this is in Luke 11. I really never looked at it that what would actually make you clean. He said, if you gave to the poor, that would make... So it's not just about our time, which is great, which is awesome when we um, volunteer our time, but it has to, our responses have to be above and beyond um, our time. It has, to, it has to hurt us. And not to make you feel bad, I, I'm going to get to the uh, updates on the projects. But I just wanted to put it out there that this is our response to what we have seen in Pakistan. We, all the board for Open Hands Global. We are um, like-minded Christians that come from that country. So we understand, we've seen the poverty and the injustice, and this is our response to it. And really the updates is not to pat ourselves on the back and say, oh, what a great job we're doing. That certainly isn't the purpose of standing here. The purpose of standing here is to, of course, thank Evangel for supporting us and coming alongside us and also to bring awareness so that our response could be a bigger response, a more meaningful response than just from an individual response. So I'm going to try and do my own slides. Okay, so the, uh, our organization that we are working through in Pakistan is Open Hands Global. This is a Canadian registered charity which actually was born by just sitting in the pews of Evangel. Um, the nudge of the Holy Spirit came through just somebody sharing open, about Open Hands and that's where that name was adopted by me. And we haven't looked back since then. So when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, sometimes there needs to be a response. A no response is also a response. So uh, there has to be a response when the Holy Spirit nudges you to do something. And I just um, want to say that uh, we are a registered charity. Our main focus and our purpose is to come alongside the marginalized communities of Pakistan. And the bigger purpose is to uh, do this through quality education so that we can have leaders in those marginalized communities. We can have people who are professionals and there are skills in those communities that can break that cycle of poverty and uh, bring a meaningful change in those communities. So just to give you um, a context, I know I, last time I spoke a lot about Pakistan, but I still want, you, want to give you a context of where Pakistan is. So this is the map of Asia. Um, I don't know if you can see that tiny arrow there where I put a red arrow there for you to uh, see Pakistan. It's right next to India, which is a bigger country. Used to be, Pakistan and India used to be the same country at one time in 1947. The Muslim parts of the, um, uh, India became Pakistan. So Pakistan is uh, 95, 99, actually 95% uh, Islam, the religion of Pakistan. Christians are um, around 2%. So Pakistan is the second largest Muslim country. The first is Indonesia, and you see that right at the bottom. Um, so Pakistan is the second largest Muslim country, and it's the fifth largest in population. So we have 220 million people. So if you go to Pakistan, it really feels crowded. So 
220 million people in a very small space, fifth largest uh, uh, country, and quite strategically placed, has a lot of Western influence um, because it's a transit economy between all these rich oil states, Saudi Arabia, Yemen, etc. And um, of course, uh, China is very interested in Pakistan as well because if you look at, look at the map, it's the shortest distance to the seaport for China. So again, a country very influenced by outside uh, powers. Um, so if you ever get to visit Pakistan, you will see a lot of money in Pakistan, but then there's a lot of poverty as well. So what I want to say at this point is that not 100% of the Christians in Pakistan are marginalized, but the marginalized communities in Pakistan are more than 80% Christians. Um, so that's, that is uh, the reason why we are back in that country. So we are working in two communities in Pakistan. So the first community is Chak Chalaldin, which is um, in the northern area of Pakistan. Uh, it's in outskirts of Rawalpindi. This is a community of sanitation workers, and I'm not going to go into detail because I did uh, describe it quite in detail last time that these sanitation workers have to do all sorts of dirty jobs. There's a stigma attached to uh, this work. None of the um, Muslim community or the majority wants to do these jobs. More than 80% are Christians who, de who do these uh, jobs. So it's a marginalized community because um, of the, the kind of work they do. It's marginalized because they're Christians mostly, and it's marginalized because they're poor. So they really are a community that the outside world really doesn't see. Um, most of these communities are built on open sewers. So in Pakistan, the sewerage system is uh, uh, an open sewerage system where they can actually access um, all the um, sewerage. Uh, it's not underground. So they use a lot of uh, this labor to clean those sewerages up and uh, so a lot of dirty work involved, but it's uh, cheap real estate. So they clean these sewerages, but their own livelihood or their own life is actually in areas where there are open sewerages and they are full of like their garbage dumps where these uh, people live. And what has happened is that because there's so many people, so some middlemen have actually sold this cheap land to the poor people. So they have made these very tiny two-room homes over there. So they actually uh, have paid for that garbage dump to live in. They built their homes and now they have expanded so much that somehow the government needs, there's a quasi-acceptance of these communities. So the government accepts that they are houses, they're not, they could be bulldozed at any time, but they, the communities are so large right now that that might be unlikely because of a political outcry. However, the government does not acknowledge that these communities um, exist. So there's no electricity, no services provided to these communities, there's no garbage pickup, there's no, uh, water, no clean water for them. So very desperate uh, communities and even though working full-time jobs, yet they have not been able to get out of that cycle of poverty. But there's a deep desire in the hearts of these people that their children should become something. So, and our second community, which I also described in detail last time, is a Brickin worker community. So. Again, a very desperate community because these people are on daily wages. And I don't know if you've heard about Pakistan and the big, uh, <coughs> the, rain, the rains we've been having for the last couple of months. So just imagine, these are the daily wage people. They, they only get paid if they work. And for the last two months, people have not worked. So what happens is when they don't work, their employers still give them money, but then they become in debt 
for the rest of their lives. So they basically have indebted these people over very small amounts of money and they, it becomes a generational thing. So if you talk to these people, their children are trying to pay off the debt of their parents. So it's generation after generation. And if I really wanted to pay off the debt for one person, it would be like $700. However, if you pay off the debt, what is that person going to do? Because that is the only skill that person has, right? So if you look at the picture, the guy is the one who's on the payroll. There's, you have to make a thousand bricks a day. You see the woman and the child working there as well. The woman and the child are not on the payroll. The father brings the wife and the child to work with him in order to meet that quota of making 1,000 bricks a day. And only then you will get the full amount that they would pay you. So it's, a, again, a very dirty job, very, you know, the way you have to bend and the postures uh, for these kind of labor makes a lot of difficulty in their health conditions. So um, they literally pick the clay. They have to dig it out of the earth, that clay. They have to knead it. They have to use those forms to make the bricks. Then the bricks go uh, under the earth in a big furnace, and that's me standing there in, on one of the, uh, next to one of the kins, and that, that one big chimney is, is spouting out a lot of smoke constantly. So these people are exposed to a lot of smoke. They have a lot of respiratory problems. So that's the community that uh, that is the next tar uh, second target for our uh, where we want to bring a change. So this is Haroon George. He's our program manager. So we went to Pakistan in 2016, started officially as a charity in 2017. So these are a few of the children that when he actually went to do needs assessment and we wanted to see how we can make a difference in those communities. These are some of the kids that he um, first uh, interacted with and actually two of those kids uh, joined our program and one of them is in grade 10 and he will be doing his grade 10 uh, next year. So maybe a story to tell in uh, the next updates. Um, so when we started the program, we started the program with 15 children. We took a beneficiary home, we brought the children in. <clears throat> and we didn't have that much resistance because Harun is a pastor, so he actually has a good way with the families, he has a relationship. So we were able to bring on 15 children. At that time, we didn't even know if those people would accept us. But we got a very good response. We prepared the children for school. So our thought process was that we didn't want to build a school in the community. We really wanted to do an out-of-the-box thing, take them to an already established school. And also not to really... Um, make a hostel outside the community, because I know a lot of charities have done that. They've separated the children in order to educate them. But we wanted them to be grounded with their families. We wanted that they should stay in the community but have an outside community experience. Because I've seen young girls uh, in that community who've never been outside the slums. They had, have no idea sometimes how the outside world lives. So that was that they should stay with their families and try and, and even as their lives are changing, that they can bring a change uh, to the lives of their families. Um, we could not, of course, I mean, these families have many children, so at least four or five children for each family. So we couldn't, uh, so in order to touch more lives, we just took one child from each family and the hope was that that child will, will then uh, bring out the rest of the family out of um, poverty. Um, so once um, our children went to school, we had an open space in the morning, we added more, th uh, more children. So once we had 
30 children, the space became too small. So in 2018, we decided to build a community center. So this is the picture of our community center. It's about 4,600 square feet. Uh, looks pretty plain outside. When we actually did the architectural drawings, it had a really nice outside. And when we actually built it, we realized that we really cannot be that prominent in the community. We had to kind of match the community. So we left the outside as is so that it's not, um, it doesn't stick out like a sore thumb. Because obviously, when you t there's a limit to how many children we can take in the program, right? And it's a big community of 4,000 families. So there's always, when you are there, you can always make enemies, right? <laughs> when your child is not one, one in the program. So we left the outside, but um, the inside looks really awesome. Um, so we, we have, um, at this community now, we have 100, and 100 children. Um, this is the big main hall. And this is just a picture of them doing um, a circle time. So we're trying to um, prepare the kids in a manner that once they have to go uh, for admissions into English medium schools, that there would be no problem. And our kids are doing extremely well. They get admissions very quickly. So all of our girls are going to one um, um, station school one, and all our boys are going to St. John. So right now we have 100 kids at this place where um, 60 children are going to English medium schools. We are paying for their um, uniforms, we're paying for their books, we're paying for their um, transport, which you know, the transport is so expensive with the gas prices, we're almost paying as much as we're paying for the school fee. So, uh, which in retrospect, I don't know if a school in the area might have been the uh, cheaper thing, but these kids are assimilating really well uh, with the outside world. They are, um, they are competing with their peers. So, this is just the preschoolers, and these are uh, 40 kids that come in the morning um, to the community center, and they stay there till 12.30. So they, we just uh, um, have their classes as if they were going to a nursery or pre-kindergarten. And then um, the rest of the 60 children uh, come in the evening, those children who are going to school. And um, so this is also uh, preschoolers just attending uh, classes at the community center. So they have all the furniture now and uh, there's a good, um, we, we can easily accommodate a lot more children than we have right now. So the after school program is when the school children come back, they go home for a quick lunch if they can, a lot of them the mothers and their parents are not even home to give them lunch. So this is something we are looking into for this community, that we provide a little uh, snack or a lunch for these children. So they come in. So our emphasis is on math, English, Urdu. Um, and they do general knowledge as well. So and, and we find that the kids are learning um, different things. Uh, that they are not even taught at school. So in one of the pictures, you see uh, them using uh, solar panels, uh, so, uh, solar lights, uh, which we took for them, I think, into 2020. Um, so there's an electricity outage constantly in these communities because uh, there's n that's true of the whole country, but these communities are even worse. Like they didn't even have electricity when we actually started building the center and then we went and got, a, you know, got the transformer, brought the electricity to this community. Um, however, the outages are uh, quite frequent and quite extended. So obviously uh, solar panels is the next uh, big vision for this community. Um, so not just, uh, so we're not just doing um, studying. Uh, we're also giving them extracurricular activities while they are at the community center. We, 
you see that little pool there. So we bought two of those pools. So the boys and girls really had an awesome time. Uh, of course, we had to buy the water, but <laughs> uh, it was a wonderful time for the kids. We now have started a movie night for the children. So we do a little popcorn and we just bought a projector and a screen for them to do a movie night. So that's ex very exciting for them. So the whole idea is to be, for them to be so excited that they come and, uh, they, and that's really true. Those kids want to come every day. And even during the summer vacation when they were, they were like the older kids, when they didn't have to come because they were the after school kids, they came in the mornings. They just wanted to be there at the community center. So it's just been such an awesome experience that uh, these kids are so engaged, so involved. And um, in one of the pictures, you see one, some of our older kids are doing the face painting for the Independence Day that we just celebrated on the 14th of August. Um, OK. so. The, we are doing some snacks and some meals, but we're doing it for uh, the kin worker community, and this is something that we want to bring to our um, slum community as well. In the, when, when I say we're doing snacks for the kin workers, it's because these, the, when children that go to um, school in that community, they never get to go home. They have to come straight to the uh, community center because it gets really dark over there very quickly and it's very foggy because it's an open land. So uh, we really can't have them stay too late. It's not a safe community for us to do an 8.30 or 9 o'clock uh, after school program. So we just kind of push everything uh, forward during the day. So these are just pictures of some of the snacks and the meals that these children get every day. So in the Kin worker community, we have to do the meals for sure. So in total, I just told you 100 children at our community center. So in total, we have 200 children, 100 children in the slum community and 100 children in the kin worker community. So in both uh, together combined, we have um, 60 children, no, sorry. 120 children that are actually going uh, to school and 80 children who are in, an, uh, in a prep program where they will be going to school in the future. So this is just a picture of the kin worker um, community kids that do the morning program. So you see that these kids are wearing nice jeans, they have shoes, they have t-shirts, and we have to provide those for them because this community is even poorer in some ways to the slum community. When the kids came, they, some of them didn't have shoes at all. We had two girls. Uh, one was in the morning program and one was in the evening program. And you know what? They were sharing shoes. The girl who wore the shoes in the morning gave it to her sister to wear it to the evening program. So, I mean, that really... So a lot of things that we do come out of a response to what we see over there. So then we thought, okay, because some kids were just very shabbily dressed and it just looked poor that some were a little doing a little better and some weren't. So we, we have decided to, even, for, even if they're not going to school, we were giving uniforms to everybody who was going to school, but even for these morning programs, we're giving them jeans, we're giving them t-shirts, we're buying them um, joggers so they can, you know, feel that they're coming to an institute, that they're, you know, it becomes an important thing for them. So uh, that's why they look so well-dressed. So these are our kids um, uh, from the uh, slum community that are going to school. Um, so they do the Oxford curriculum in that school, and they're just showing their books to you. These are uh, our uh, kin worker community children that are going to school. So they just got their new backpacks, so they're sh showing those off. And I, I know uh, somebody had suggested, oh, what if we send backpacks to these kids? But really, we're so close to China that we can get everything cheaper over there. So it really um, helps to just um, 
buy things in that country. So uh, because we have so many children, so we have three vans that uh, we've purchased. These are 30-seater um, Toyota Hi-Ace vans. The, we use these. These are air-conditioned vans that take the children to school and bring them back. Uh, we are also looking into commercial vans already available because it, it gets quite expensive. You have to hire a driver, you have to pay for gas, you have to pay for the car maintenance. But, you know, the thing that we see is that God is so faithful. Everything that we think about, he has provided. So we want to have an extremely big response. We want God to respond to this thing using us in a big way. And we're just so excited that he is so faithful. So these are just some pictures of four girls who've, uh, who came to uh, the program when they were like uh, six or seven. Um, and they've just grown to very beautiful, confident women. And we're so excited to see them. One of our girls, Michelle, she ran the whole uh, Independence Day program. So that's very exciting for us. So uh, this is um, our Shekhupura site, which is still our next vision. Our next vision is to build a community center in the Kinworker community as well, because we're maxed out <laughs> in that little space that we have there. So that's also a prayer request, that that is our big vision for next year. Because uh, I shared a little bit that we had an incidence of a robbery in that community previously. So we just have to go that extra mile in that community. So we have a day guard and a night guard, and we have to put up cameras, and we have lights, and we have spikes. We have the razor wire on the walls. So it's, um, these are difficult communities to work in. But God has given us the courage and the patience to do this. So that's, again, a, a prayer thing that we would ask your prayers, that God would keep this program safe in those communities. So we did purchase um, solar panels for this community because they had outages for three days straight. So um, we have been able to... Um, provide that, and we really find that that's uh, quite significant. It makes a huge difference. When the whole community didn't have light, our kids were sitting under fans and uh, had the light in the community center, so that, that's an awesome thing. So it all, it's very exciting, right? It's a lot of good stories, a lot of success, but it's, not, it's quite complex to work in these communities. These are uh, with just Poverty, to deal with poverty is not as easy as it seems. It seems that, oh, nothing really could be going wrong. But I just wanted to share two very short stories with you. This is uh, Rachel and Grace. These are two sisters. Both the parents were murdered um, last, I think, 2020 um, due to an honor killing. So the, the dad had married this woman um, that he fell in love with, had the children, and the family of the mother just got both of them killed. Literally, these children witnessed, um, witnessed that. So we have um, Rachel, who's, who's going to um, our program, and uh, Grace is too small at this point, but she will come to the program. So it's... It's kind of sad to deal with these things, to see how your family life affects, you know, this is something wonderful that they can get to come to the community center, they get to learn, but then this is, these are the family situations which drag them back. So that's one, but you know, the grandma has gone back to work, she was already retired, she gone, she's gone back to cleaning homes, and she's providing for these two children. But again, in a limbo, right? You never know when she will be able to not provide for these children anymore, what would happen to these kids, right? So now we're, we are thinking maybe a little hostel somewhere would be a good idea, 
right? Because we see children uh, fall out of the program, especially in the brick and worker community, because when they had these rains for two months, they've been having this weather, they haven't worked, so they move away, right? So they go away and look for work somewhere else in another city. So we lose the kids in that way. So we've lo lost a couple of children that we had quite heavily invested in already. And that's kind of sad to see because they've actually moved out of that uh, village that they lived in. And again, this is uh, Sataish. Sataish means worship, this little girl. Uh, she's one of uh, the Brickin worker community kids as well, who's really bright. Like she's a position holder in her class. She's in class one, but she's really good. And uh, her mother just showed up at the community center and she said, oh, can you keep Sataish with you? And she actually had packed her bags and brought them with her because she said that she's, um, She's from her first marriage, and uh, her family forced her, forced her to marry again, and now she has two boys. So because at, uh, the kin workers cannot go to work anymore, her husband has forced her to start working again. He's, he beats her up, and he wants Sataish to stay at home in order to look after the two little, bo uh, two little boys. So... Again, you feel like, and the mother is her biggest advocate. She said, okay, just keep her, just keep her. Let us stay here uh, with you. But, I mean, we can't do that, right? So, again, this is, these are situations that kind of lead the program. So, again, the thought has come, okay, I wish we had a space to keep these children that really have nowhere to go. Um, and I just want to... Um, not to leave you with these sad stories, but to ask for prayer and ask for guidance um, because these are, these are difficult situations, difficult uh, problems that we have to face and, uh, and the Holy Spirit can guide us to do the right things and uh, be, on, be kind and at the same time, you know, be strict. So I just want to thank uh, Evangel. Thank you for participating in a garage sale every year. Uh, this is not from this picture is not from this garage sale, but pretty much that's how we do a garage sale every year uh, in our parking lot. And I just want to thank you all of you who have brought stuff, and we've been able to generate some funds. A special shout out to. Uh, Eileen and Rob and their kids and uh, Susan and Tina and Brenda and, you know, people who have come alongside and really helped us to uh, manage such a big project. Um, also, thank you, Susan, for all the dolls that you gave us in 2020. I took those dolls for those kids. Some of the kids, that was their first doll they'd ever uh, had. And... Um, they just had a show and tell, and all the kids brought their dolls back. So that was just so amazing, and, and I'm just so thankful. So we do have our brochures uh, when you leave the church, and if there's anything, any, um, if God nudges you to support in any way, we will be very thankful. We are thankful that God is faithful. He has provided for each and every need, and I just cannot thank him enough. Thank you. I give it back to Pastor. Oh, thank you, Esther, for that amazing update, and, and we will definitely be continuing to pray and support as a church family uh, this amazing vision going forward. At this time, I'd like to invite the worship team back up to lead us in one more song. And I invite you to stand, church, uh, and, and, and to worship today, knowing that, as, as Esther said, God is faithful. Right? We've been able to see how, 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 how Jesus calls us to be his hands and his feet to places all around the world and to see the change and to see the transformation and the good things he is doing. So I encourage you to, to, and invite you to stand this morning and worship together as we close off our service today.
step down into darkness Open my eyes, let me see Beauty that made this heart adore you Hope of a life spent with you to worship here I am to bow down here I am to say that you're my God you're all together lovely all together worthy all together wonderful to so highly exalted glorious in heaven humbly you came to the earth you created all for love's sake became poor so here I am to here I am to bow down Here I am to say that you're my God You're all together lovely All together worthy All together wonderful to me And I'll never know how much it costs to see my sin upon that cross and I'll never know how much it costs to see my sin upon that cross so here I am to here I am to bow down Here I am to say that You're my God You're all together lovely All together worthy All together wonderful to me So here I am to worship here I am to bow down Here I am to say that You're my God You're all together lovely All together worthy All together wonderful to me So Heavenly Father, we thank you God, we have so much to be thankful for, for all that you are doing in our lives and around the world. And so, Lord, to hear an encouraging message like this one this morning of what Esther and, and Open Hands Global are doing in Pakistan, but also knowing that there is so much more to be done. There are needs that need to be met. God, I pray into the vision for another community center for them. Lord, I pray as you have up till now that you provide for them exactly what they need. Lord, I thank you that, that, that we as a church, as evangel, can support them in this. God, that we can come alongside Esther and, and Open Hands Global and be able to do what we can to be your hands and your feet. We thank you that they are meeting practical needs. We thank you for the children that they are able to work with and to, and to educate and, 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 and to, to sometimes save from these, from these situations and communities, Lord. And God, we lift up the needs within our congregation here at home today. God, we pray for Cindy right now as, and, and her sister and her family at, at the loss of her sister's husband, Lord Jesus. God, I pray your Holy Spirit provides peace during this time as, as they navigate the, the, their grief and their sorrow at losing a loved one, Lord Jesus. I pray that you be their comfort. Lord, we lift up Edith to you as well. 
Jesus, I pray that as, as day by day, God, you just remove any pain that she experiences. Lord Jesus, that she is able to go about her days without discomfort, without pain. And God, give her strength, we pray. And Lord, we also lift up our pastors, Pastor Shannon and Pastor Jen, to you, Lord, as they are uh, nearing the end of their vacation time, Lord Jesus. I pray that this time has been refreshing for them. God, I just pray that they come back rested and ready for all that you would have to do here at Evangel. We thank you for our leaders, Jesus. God, as we go from this place today, may you go with us. May you protect us as we go about our weeks ahead and as we look forward to gathering together again next week, God. May you bless this church. May you bless this community at large. We thank you, Jesus. We pray in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you all for being here this morning. We're looking forward to seeing you next Sunday. God bless. Have a great week.